If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Now today we're going to introduce someone from the Country Fire Authority, Fiona Lachlan. It's very important. This is the Victorian government supports the current country fire authority, but I think it's a very important message, not just for those people who think they're in bushfire affected areas, but for anyone that's got horses, because even though you may not generally be in a bushfire affected area, there may be a time where you are in that type of situation or someone might even call you for advice because you're just the local horse person and um, from there you'll get this knowledge. How are you today, Fiona? Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. Oh, that's okay. Look, I think this is really important information, really important message that you're sending out there and um, really good to have you along. Let's hope that, you know, by the time everyone sort of listens to this and knows exactly what to do in that bushfire emergency, that they won't need it. But, you know, it's better to listen and have knowledge that you don't need than to not listen. And, uh, and not have that knowledge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's always good to plan for these things and hope they never happen. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, Fiona, I know that you've got a favourite inspirational quote yourself. I'd like to talk about that first because I think that's still relevant to what we're talking about with the Country Fire Authority. That's right. Um, so, yeah, so it's just about um, inspiring youth and that um, really what we give um, youth today for information is um, where we'll lead to into the future because... Um, the youth of today are very much uh, going to make big things happen and big changes. Um, so it's all about just empowering and um, giving our, our young people information so they can make good choices into the future and um, make huge difference uh, with the world because I'm sure with, once this generation uh, grows up and has some leadership and some power, we're going to see some huge things happen. All right. Now, we missed that quote. It's it's a Lord Chesterfield quote. Do you want to just talk about that or, or say that one? Because that's relevant to what you just yep. said. Yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, sorry, could you just read out the quote for me? And then yeah, I'll... absolutely. It's, if we don't plant knowledge when young, it won't give us any shade when we're old. Exactly. This is all about the knowledge, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, yes, as you're right. Um, so, it's just about um, planting those seeds in the youth. So, giving them the information so they make, can make the decisions yes. and really lead by example. So, um, they're going to be the ones in the future that, you know, are, are yeah, providing that shade. So, supporting the world and, and making it the place that it's going to be. So, yes. we do a lot of um, programs with youth and particularly through pony clubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is then to give them the information and um, and will be the ones that, you know, might be nagging the parents, <laughs> yes. but um, making the differences and um, then following that through to when they really are in those leadership roles in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the Country Fire Authority, how did it start? You know, when did it start and what was the purpose of it starting the whole Country Fire Authority? 
Yep, certainly. So um, we have a number of um, sort of large fires happening around um, sort of 39, um, 1939, which actually started with um, the rural fire brigades. So we had a number of fire brigades that formed across the state of Victoria. Um, and then there was the need uh, to bring them all together under one umbrella so they could better support each other and, and work as a collective. Um, so from there, the Country Fire Authority was formed. Um, so it's based on that rural fire brigade and predominantly a volunteer-based organisation um, of community members just working together to support other community members. Mm-hmm. So that's um, where it very much came from. That was the roots of the organisation and it still remains that today. So, Fiona, tell us why we actually need the plan for our horses. Why don't we just wait for it to happen and then say, oh, well, you know, what's the process? The plan, you know, tell us about how soon, when do we do the plan, how soon, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we really do need a plan because um, if we just wait um, and see what happens, during an emergency we know people will make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. You're stressed, your adrenaline is racing through your system, um, you need to know exactly what you're going to do. So that means a rehearsed plan and also a written plan. So it's very clear and it's very clear for everybody in the household or the property to know exactly what their role is in the plan. So at four horses and bushfire, you might have a plan where you're going to relocate your horse. Um, if you're not comfortable that there's any safe area within your property um, or it might be that you're moving the horses to a safer location within your property. Um, So depending on um, what your circumstances are, everybody will have a different plan. It's very important to know exactly what you want to do. The other thing is to know when to actually enact your plan, so when to put it into place. Um, So a lot of people know about the fire danger ratings. They're Australia-wide and they are rating system, so it's the board with the colours on it, uh, that tell us what the risk of a fire is for the days ahead. So it's telling the community, uh, so tomorrow might be a severe chance of a fire. So that means under those conditions that as an organisation, we actually find it quite hard to control a fire within those conditions. Um, so you need to make sure that you and your horses are safe. So that would be when you enact your plan. But everybody okay. will be different. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, Fiona, you're a horse person anyway, aren't you? Certainly am. <laughs> You've got a horse background. Yeah. So tell us how, you know, and I'm just thinking because we do talk about careers in the horse industry, you know, how you as a horse person mm-hmm came to get the job you had? You know, did you start off with fires and then you came in and and then you were sort of involved in the Horses and Bushfires Project or, you know, just tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I um, have ridden horses since I was about three years old and and had my own horse since I was nine. Mm. Uh, And I, um, through my riding, I actually became quite interested in the Australian environment. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting to ride through beautiful national parks and things like that, I think you get a really good appreciation for it. So I went to uni and studied um, environmental management and yep. from there actually got my role um, at CFA. Okay. Uh, and my passion is around community development and community engagement. And it was during that um, that I realised uh, that was myself and another colleague that I worked with that also had a background in horses, 
that there is a real need to support horse owners uh, when it comes to bushfire planning. We all know that horses are part of our family. Um, The bond between a horse and a person is something you can't explain until you've experienced it yourself. And because of that, we can be vulnerable to the risks of fire because we have seen time and time again where people put themselves at risk in order to save their horses. Mm. So there was a real need to make that connection between horses and um, horse owners and the bushfire risk. So from there, we actually developed the Horses and Bushfire Program um, where we've got a couple of things such as the information on the website with some fact sheets, a template to actually go through your planning. And then we also run horses and bushfire sessions through local pony clubs, riding clubs, um, pop-up displays and things like that as well. So yeah. uh, we went to Equitana um, last year, which is always a fantastic event to go to. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, horse people are so passionate about making sure their horses are, are safe. Mm-hmm. So we love to be out there supporting them to do that. Yep. Now, there was one thing that you said about people putting themselves at risk. Yes. And you do, you you know, you want to do the right thing, but if there is an emergency there, should you move your horse? You know, shouldn't you move your horse? What should you be doing there? Yes. <laughs> what yeah. should you do? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes that's, that's the, um, the question, isn't it? So it really does depend on uh, what your property is like where you've got your horse. So whether it's your property or whether it's where you're adjusting your property. Uh, so if there is an area within the property that um, is a large um, area, like a well-grazed paddock or a large sand arena or something like that, that's away from the vegetation, then the horses could be better off just staying within that property. Mm-hmm. Just as long as they've got space to move and they yep. can get away from the vegetation that's on fire because mm-hmm. uh, it's the radiant heat put out from the fire that actually kills people and animals. Okay. Um, so if you've got a large area, open internal gates, things like that, then there might be a safe area on the property that horses, they, they're smart. They move away from the fire and they know when where to go to. So... So there could, that could be an option for you. Uh, the other option is if you look at your property and you think, no, nah, I just don't have anywhere that's away from vegetation that has enough room for them to move around. So your option is going to be to relocate your horse. Then you need to do that well and truly before the fire's there. So on those days that I mentioned earlier, your trigger days, um, that's where you might go, well, in the morning or even the day before, I'm going to move my horse to, you know, an area that you've already determined you're going to move them to. So it could be a friend's property, it could be a riding club, Uh, some councils have facilities available. Um, So just work out where exactly you're going to take them to that's going to be safer than your property and move them well before the fire's there. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to move your horse, if there's smoke in the air and fire there, um, you, you're at risk of getting yourself injured. Uh, we know horses are flight animals. Um, you just have to look when you're riding your horse and it's a bit of a windy day. They carry on like there's no tomorrow. Um, so just imagine if there's fire and they know horses are very, very good at sensing when there's danger. Um, so they won't want to get caught. They won't want to go into a small horse float if they know that there's a danger in the area. So we really do encourage you to do it well and truly before that okay. you're in that situation. And the other thing also to consider is if you do are going to relocate your horse, 
take them to the place that you're planning to take them to before the fire's there, before those days come up. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be a lot more comfortable if they're familiar with the area that you're taking them to. Yep, yep, yep. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Because it's all in the plan and I know that there's a lot of information. We'll sort of talk about that as well and where people can get this information. But as part of the plan, okay, well, what happens even if they're at another property and you've taken the horse from your property because you're worried about bushfire and then all of a sudden they're at another property or they're just at an adjusted property, I mean, should you go out? What's the process there? Yes, it's an um, interesting one, that one, and and you do really, really need to think about if you're relocating your horse, where are you relocating them to? Are you actually taking them somewhere safer or are you just moving them to another at-risk property? And mm. you really do need to consider that and need to make sure you're taking them somewhere safer than um, where you're you're coming from. But you might be at a horse competition or um, yeah, at an adjustment property or something like that. Um, but just if that's the case, think about the conditions leading up to it. Look at those fire danger ratings. And, you know, if it does say that tomorrow is going to be, say, an extreme or a code red day, then really think about is it worthwhile going to that event or, you know, out for that trail ride um, in an area that you know has got risk. Okay. Um, so consider your options and consider what you're going to do. And it might be that you go, you know what, I'm going to pull out of that event. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it because mm-hmm. I'm just not willing um, to put, you're putting yourself and your horse at risk by doing that. So do have a think about if you're taking them. If you're going to an adjustment property, so that's what I've grown up with my horses on adjustment properties, uh, then have a chat with the adjustment owner um, and see what their plans are and what they would do on those high fire risk days. Um, and adjustment property should have a plan. They might actually restrict who's allowed on the property on those days. So, you know, you might not be able to have a farrier there if it's an extreme day or, you know, or they might not even let... I know as a, a teenager, my mum used to drop me off in in the school holidays at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning and pick me up at 5 o'clock at night. And I think back to that now and go, oh, my goodness, some of those days, very high-risk days, mm-hmm. right along the road at State Park. And um, so... I, in hindsight, I should not have been there as a as a young child. Yep. Um, I have a chat to the adjustment owners and um, and see what their plans are, what their expectations are of you as well. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So what what else can we do? You know, we've got the horse into a cleared area. If there's a bushfire and you know that it's a high risk day, or you know there's bushfires in the area, we've got the horse into a cleared area on the property. What else yep. should we be doing? 
Yeah, we should remove everything from the horses. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want them to have rugs on. You don't want them to have halters on um, that have got any metal buckles or anything like that um, because they both of those things can cause quite severe burning. Um, So you want all rugs off, you want halters off. If you have to have a halter on your horse, if it's quite difficult to catch or something like that, um, have a full leather halter that doesn't have any buckles on it. Um, The other thing to think about is their tail because um, we do see a lot of burns on docks um, because the tails have caught fire. Mm -hmm. So if you can trim the horse's tail up um, a little bit or even tie it into a knot. Um, I know some, you know, okay. people who do dressage and shows don't like to cut their horse's tail too high. Um, so you can tie it in a knot. But the general rule of thumb is um, if there's vegetation in the paddock, the flame height can be about double the height of that vegetation. So mm, okay. when you're thinking about trimming the horse's tail, just think about double the height of the vegetation that's in there. Okay. Um, so if it's a well-grazed paddock, um, the flame height won't be um, big at all. So, um, yeah, so that's certainly something we can do with our horses to prepare them. The other thing that's key is maintaining your fence lines. You want to keep the horses within your property. Uh, so the fence lines, obviously, if they've got a bit of, um, you know, some some grass or weeds around them or something like that, if that catches fire, you'll lose your fences. And the last thing you want, is for the horses to be out on the roads and things like that. So yeah. so maintaining your fence line is key as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. You know, even if you've got your horse in a cleared area, there's still a lot of risks with the horses. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So um, if you've got your horses in a cleared area, then, you know, you want them to be away from anything that can burn, so any sort of buildings or vegetation. So because it's the radiant heat that's put out from those things burning Mm -hmm. is what will um, impact on your horses. Um, So you do want to make sure that they've got big areas um, to, to move around. So opening internal gates is really good. It gives them space to move. Uh, Some people are concerned because these days we put so many of our horses in private paddocks that you're worried about opening internal gates and opening them up to other horses as well. Mm. Um, But we have found, we've looked at a few case studies of where that's happened and it's amazing how horses just go to that natural instinct that they stick together um, as a pack and they move around together quite well. Um, So there's been very little injuries to each of the horses. Mm -hmm from being in a paddock, maybe, a, you know, a bite or something like that, but sure. that's it. Um, so that's that's something to, to consider as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just giving them room to move around, mm-hmm. um, yeah, removing rugs, headstalls. Uh, if you can, mark them with a phone number or something like that. A lot of people use the cattle crayon that you can yes. get or cattle talk okay. and write their phone number across the horse just in case they do happen to get out. And, yeah, just, just let, let them have that room to move away mm. from anything that's going to burn. Okay, okay. Now, say there is a fire and the horses are safe, but obviously there's, you know, there's smoke inhalation and everything. What can we do for the horses after the fire? Yes, so after the fire, if a fire's gone through your property um, and 
the first thing to do is to look for if they've got any burns on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if they do have burns, sponge them with water as soon as possible. So it's no different to treating a burn um, for a a, a person. So you cool it, sponge it with cool water and try and get um, a vet to see them as soon as possible. Uh, So obviously that's for burns. You can uh, cover the burns in in sort of non uh, non-fluffy materials and non-adhesive materials as well to protect it from any infection but sponging it with cold water is key. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing to consider as well is to get them off burnt ground. So sometimes horses will actually go right through the flames onto the burnt ground to avoid the the fire coming through. Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't want them standing on hot ground for too long. Um, And the reason for that is that they can get heat-induced laminitis um, from standing on hot ground. So if you can move them to a paddock that hasn't been burnt, um, then that's going to be beneficial as well. Providing them with lots and lots of drinking water, um, they will be dehydrated. Um, the, when a fire occurs, it's a hot day anyway, um, so they would be expected to be drinking lots of water, but ensure they've got access to clean drinking water. Check your water. Um, it might have a little bit of ash and things like that in it. You want to clean that out, so okay. make sure they've got clean water to drink themselves. So that's probably the, the three key things. If there's any burns, sponge them with cold water, get them off the hot ground as soon as possible and make sure they've got plenty of clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Now, if um, and this is probably more for horses that are um, on pasture, on paddock, and they're, they're eating the grass and that's their main source of roughage and a feed, I suppose there's, there's always, the, you know, you've got to think if, they've, if that's all been burned, we should give yes. them supplementary feed Um but, but straight away? I mean, obviously, you know, we've sort of always taught that you introduce feed gradually, but what happens in this situation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, particularly if you've been um, displaced yourself and you've been away from your property for a couple of days, so maybe the horses haven't had access to food for a couple of days, you don't want to give them just loads of food straight away. Um, they've been through a very stressful experience. Um, and they may have been um, deprived of food for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So absolutely introducing it gradually is going to be um, the best course of action with them. Uh, so I think regardless, you want to monitor what they're eating and just make sure that they do have little bits every now and then. Um, it is a very, very stressful experience for them to go through for a fire. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they, they might be emotionally quite traumatised with that so you know their guts could be a little bit upset just over that experience so mm. gradually is key yeah fiona the information you give you know it's not just for people in victoria it's for people um well, it's for people all over the world really the horses are Absolutely. in that situation and there's lots of stuff here that you've talked about that isn't even bushfires it may be a stable fire or, or something that um that would be relevant to the horses yeah any sort of emergency definitely mm. floods things like that so um anything like that uh we need to definitely to plan for um depending on what your risk is and, and like you said the information does carry on australia wide if not international we, we saw um, a lot of impacts Um, on horse properties in California last year. Um, Victoria is one of the most fire-prone areas 
um, in the world, mm-hmm. um, but there's no difference um, to if you're in Queensland and, and sure. the risk might be floods. So just know what your risks are to your horses and um, and look at the, for the information and plan for those emergencies for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Fiona. And I know that there's a lot of stuff on the website. You know, there's a, a download there, you know, Horses and Bushfires. I think that's the best place to go probably. So we'll put the link to the website on, on the page. Just go to Horse Chats. I think if you even go to Horse Chats and search for Bushfires, we'll probably have something that'll come up. But um, search for Fiona and find this information about Horses and Bushfires. But the, the website they should go to first. That's right. So if you go to the CFA website, which is www.cfa.vic.gov.au, and we've got lots and lots of information in there for horses and bushfires. So just in the search bar, if you put horses, it will come up with that. There's lots of templates as well to assist you in your planning. Um, And then beyond horses, we've got information there about farm fire safety, haystack fire safety, um, pets and bushfire bushfire and also other livestock too. So there's loads of information on there for people to go through and to assist them with starting their plans. Perfect. Fiona, that's been really good. Certainly beneficial. I think, you know, always getting that knowledge, that extra knowledge is really good. And I think, you know, that should help people all over the world, that knowledge that you've given us. Now, I'd love to have you back sometime to talk about other things and other types of emergencies that could happen with horses. So, um, yeah, love to have you back. But meanwhile, if people would like to get Fiona's contact details for that website, and we'll put the direct link in that actually takes you to the horses and bushfires. But they can have a bit of a look. That'll be on horsechats.com slash Fiona Lachlan, but it will be, I think if you just go to horsechats.com, search for Fiona or the search should work if you search for bushfires and uh, all those contact details will be there. Thank you, Fiona, for coming on and, yeah, love to have you back again soon to talk about other emergencies with horses. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay. No worries. Thanks, Fiona. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 